I just thought that they were so loaded that it didn't really matter who the coach was. I mean, yeah. obviously they can't have like a duck as the coach. <laughs> like they need an actual human being as the coach. But a goose though. Goose yeah. are oh, angry goose, enough. Oh. You could have a goose for a coach any day of the week. Goose can lead men into battle. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the two and out CFL podcast every week. John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers. I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza is better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to the Two and Out CFL podcast. The first voice you hear is that of me, John Fraser. That's because Travis Kerr is off on a honeymoon or something like that. I kept seeing, he posted on his Facebook that he had a picture of a grizzly bear. I was expecting Travis with a shirt off. And joining me, these two-time defending fill-in co-host champion, Andrew from Esco Empire. This guy could probably take you in a street fight. The one and only Clayton Croker, otherwise known as the Canadian Junior Football League record holder for most pick six thrones in a season. I was going to get really mad at you if you forgot that little tidbit, but yes. I will never forget that tidbit as long as you and I work together. Canadian record holder, man. You can never take that away from me. Nope. And that record won't be broken. Six pick sixes in a ten-game season... Go Huskers, baby. How bad was your football team? Um, Let's put it this way. I think we had seven players at practice for our last two weeks. <laughs> like this, just, this wasn't one practice. We had seven players. Our coaches had to suit up. And we had some pretty good coaches. Uh, Jeff yeah. Alamahota, he was an all-Canadian for the Bisons when they won the Vanier Cup yeah. back in the day. Uh, Luke Atchison, who was their center on that yep. team, they suited up and they practiced with us just so we could have a functioning practice. That's how... That's how the old Chilliwack Huskers roll. So. so no pre-practice squads for the Chilliwack Huskers. No. Our practice field was our end zone. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. And we didn't need any more space than that because there was only nine guys. So that would like, probably explain it. We, we should preface that CJFL football is, you know, most teams carry like a roster of like 80 players. Oh, yeah. Nine is highly unusual. See, I think I finally figured it out. You know, I've seen you throw a football. You can throw a football pretty okay, but... Hearing all these stories of the pick six records, and then I had a chance to find out who some of your receivers were. Uh, one of them owns the all-time University of Saskatchewan record for catches in a season, yep. that being Kit Hillis. Another guy was one of the best receivers in junior football and a hell of a CIS receiver as well, that being John Trumpy, mm -hmm. and also Steve Bariski, who is better than most receivers, I would say, that are out there. He doesn't have the, the flashiness, but hey, Bariski's a good guy, so I, I'm, I would argue... That if I had the receiving core that you did when I played quarterback, I might have been the the record holder. And don't forget about a two-time BCFC All-Star center and Mike McLean. He was the center for Holy Cross at the time as well. And we had this track star called Bruno Sebastio. Mm -hmm. You just throw a nice little X screen out to him and he was gone. So that was my receiving core. <laughs> Three future Huskies and a track star. And then I went to Chilliwack and it was just a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> it was just... It's just rough. Uh, uh, but hey, good times. Go Huskers, baby. CJFL fun. We should mention, too, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, a CJFL organization that actually has their ish together. The Saskatoon Hilltops are looking to raise $3.2 million for a new clubhouse facility. The old one literally has one bathroom for the entire team. Like, 
I'm talking one crapper for the entire team. I've been in that locker room before when I went to Hilltop Camp and stuff like that. The benches in there are from a McDonald's back in the 70s. Yes, they are. Like, you know the old school, colorful McDonald's benches yep. they used to have? Like, when kids used to have their birthday party there in the 80s and stuff yep. like that? Like, if you go through your photo albums, you'll probably see one. Those are the benches in the Hilltop locker room. And they're great. I mean, they're really, really comfy. But every time you sit on them, you're petrified they're just going to break or light on fire somehow or something. Like, it's just... Like a good Simpsons episode. It just falls over and randomly sets itself on fire. Yeah. Or when Homer's <laughs> making cereal with the cornflakes, and then he pours the milk in and it just lights on fire. Uh, we've already gone off the rails. What do you expect with me in charge? Let's go to the news. Brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out Podcast. All right, we start off our new segment brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink at the Bomb Nation on Twitter, shop.drinkbomb.com. I brought uh, two presents for you, Croker, tonight, mm-hmm. one of which is a delicious beer. The other is a Bomb Energy Drink. Uh, you had a big old smile on your face when we started recording. You got to taste that bomb on your face hole. It's... <laughs> Face hole. Nice. I'm going to take that from you. You better. Uh, it is like a birthday party in my mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do it. Come and on. Everybody's coming. Has <laughs> 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 ah, ever heard before? Ah, sex. <laughs> <laughs> so, needless to say, not surprisingly, our bomb of the week actually happened last week, shortly after we released this podcast. It comes out that the writers might have done the shadiest things. I cannot think. Outside of the New England Patriots and, and Spygate and Deflategate, a team that's done something shadier than having an entire pre-practice roster. I'm a neutral CFL observer. You're a Blue Bombers fan. How sweet was it when these guys got busted to you? So sweet. Like as sweet as a birthday party in your mouth. That's how sweet it was. Bomb energy drink. Has everybody been eating pineapple at that party? <laughs> Sex. <laughs> no, but uh, like we work in a radio station in Saskatchewan, so we have to hear from a bunch of rider fans oh, God, nonstop. Uh, like I host the afternoon show on a country music station in Saskatoon. Yep. And the amount of calls I get about the riders, insane. And when this news all broke, all the calls were just like, oh, the riders didn't do anything. Oh, they're just out to get the riders because they're the best franchise, and this is a money grab, and yada yada. No, the riders broke some serious rules. Like, you can't just bring guys off the streets nope. and then throw them in practice and see how they're going to be. Or, you can't or, or just do that. Allegedly throw them in a house and pay them to stay in Regina that's the bigger that, that to me is the bigger foul. Now, I get it, and the argument that a lot of Ryder fans have made, and I, I can tell you it is true, almost every single team has a couple guys like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody has 20! Yeah, that's the thing. Like, There's a bunch. Like, They have, like again, two Chilliwack Husker squads just sitting there, <laughs> like just ready to go. Like, okay, well, we'll see how this guy goes in for a couple reps, and if we like him, we'll sign him. No, you have to sign him or you don't sign him, yep. and that's the only way he can go on your practice roster or practice or whatever. Well, and the crazy thing is, too, is to me, I started seeing red flags long before the Bo Levi Mitchell tweet, you know, the one that said, I bet you nobody needed flights. Mm-hmm. I started seeing things like they'd put a guy on the six-game injured list who allegedly can't practice, and then they cut him three weeks later. It just seemed weird. Like, so what kind of look are you getting at this guy while he's on the six-game, which is also what they've been accused of, and then you're deciding to release him? Obviously, you're talking to the player, but you're right. The absurdity of Ryder fans has been 
it, it has been unbelievable in the fact that I, and I get it. Like Rod Peterson, full disclosure, is getting ripped today. Mm-hmm. Rod's a friend of mine. I would consider him a mentor. Great guy. Great guy. Um, I don't mind Rod's take on it, saying if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You just, have, you just have to be a little more subtle about it. I mean, the New England Patriots, again, have had much more success while cheating, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they've always had a shroud of mystery over them. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I will give Craig Reynolds all the credit in the world for stepping up last week and just flat out saying, yeah, we did it. We're going to pay the fine. We were bad boys. I didn't like the way Chris Jones dodged the bullet. No, well, he always dodges the bullet. He always just, you know, gets in there with his southern accent that charms a lot of people. Oh, he's then, a hell of a person. Oh, he charms people like no man's business. But sometimes he'll just dodge questions and he'll just be like, nope, I'm not answering anything. I'll answer stuff about the game. Well, this is a big deal, Chris Jones. And you are the head coach of football. Or yep. of, of football. Like anything football orientated, you're the guy that the media is going to go to. Yep. And it doesn't look good when you're like, no, I'm not going to talk about it. And not only the head coach. Head coach, VP, player personnel, and general manager. So it's not like you can say, I'm the coach. I work with what I've been given. You're the everything guy. I think I saw him chucking beers and slinging popcorn at one game. But (laughs) either way, I think, you know what we should do here? Ryder fans have been so absurd on social media. We should bring in my friend Joel Gasson of 3Down Nation. And I think we're going to play a little game. I'm going to read you a comment. And you and Joel have to decide... If it's real from a Ryder fan or not. So we'll get Joel on the phone right now. Joined on the line now by Joel Gasson of 3downnation.com. He is the Ryder reporter out of Regina. First off, Joel, with all the craziness in Regina, uh, what's the mood around the city been like? Well, it's it's been kind of a, a crazy week, you could say, as uh, there's been a lot of mixed emotions across the city, depending on who you talk to. The fan base has kind of been split in half. You got... Half of, you know, kind of the fans who see this for what it is. It was a violation of the rules. The team was punished, and now they've more or less moved on from what happened and hope that the team and the organization will learn from what happened during this whole gong show of a week that was. And there's the other half that has the green goggles and thinks that there's some great conspiracy and the team was so hard done by for everything that the league is apparently trying to do for them, against, sorry, against them and everything, and it's just... It's almost like a weird battle going on between the you know the sane fans and the crazy ones as to which side is right and well I think we all know which is the correct answer in that one. <laughs> hey Joel Clinton Croker here. Uh, just one question: Do you think this would be a much bigger deal if the Riders were winning? Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, it would still be a big deal, but I think you know, there's a lot of times when a team is winning, you can sweep some things under the rugs. I think I think the ratio thing and the jet dancing on the logo thing wouldn't have been as big of a deal if the riders were winning. I think uh, the violating practice rule certainly would have still been a pretty big conversation because that's a pretty big rule to be broken no matter where you are, which team you're dealing with, whatever you're doing. If you have basically allegedly an entire roster of players hanging around when you're not supposed to, that's that's a pretty big deal regardless. But I think then it would have been cast in the light of, you know, Chris Jones is doing whatever it takes to win. We've seen it in the past with him. I have a piece coming out eventually on 3Down Nation about how it's kind of history repeating itself for Chris Jones right now. When he first got into Edmonton, there was a whole kerfuffle of him getting out of the team out of the tunnel on time, and he missed the anthem in Ottawa, and they finally got fined for that, and he wouldn't shake hands with the coaches and everything. So it seems like when he first gets to a new organization, a new role, he likes to push the limits a little bit. 
just to see how far he can. And he's, he's, in my opinion, looks like he's trying to do that again. The difference is this time they're one and six instead of when they started, I believe, like seven and one at Edmonton mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, naturally. So I think I mentioned it to Kuroko right before we got you on the phone here, Joel, that we're going to play a little game called Did a Rider Fan Say It? Or not. I'm going to throw some stuff at the two of you. You tell me whether or not it's actually going to be something that was said online by a Ryder fan this week. And the winner, well, they get the rest of the beer. Sorry, Joel. Um, our beer's up here in Saskatoon. You're in Regina. Well, based on my pick on record this year, I'm sure I'm not bound to win anyway. All right. Well, let's get this, <laughs> let's get this started. Mm-mm-mm. The guy should be dragged out of Regina fast. Trades away the majority of the core of the team. Can't put a winning team on the field. Has no respect for the CFL rules. What rules? This is a total disrespect to the Riders in Saskatchewan. If he were a manager of a business, he would have been fired. Did a Ryder fan say it or not? Definitely a Ryder fan said it. It sounds like someone from Keniston, if you ask me. I think Dave <laughs> from Keniston actually said that. Um... I'm going to say no. You had me until the manager of a business would have been fired right now. That sounds a little too sophisticated for someone to be going uh, that off. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, Joel, but that was actually said by a Ryder fan on a status update from one Mr. Rod Peterson. Uh, That makes the score one to nothing for Croker. Was it actually Dave from Keniston? Because that would be wild. No, it was a game named Martin or Martin, maybe? Martin Brodeur? Martin Brodeur, wow. Guest, uh, guest reference on the show. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the, sec- the second one. Ignore all the haters. He's doing what he needs to win. Well done, Chris Jones. Hmm. I don't think Ryder fans use the word haters a lot. So I'm going to go with that one was made up. That one's from the mind of John Fraser. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say a fan said that. I've seen that around. Whether it's the one you actually saw or not, I don't know. Uh, you know what? It probably is because a fan did say it. We're all tied up at, at <laughs> one aside, gentlemen. Ah. Oh, all right. I was looking for another one here. Don't you people realize that Chris Jones is cheating? Take your blinders off and realize what he's doing against the rules. If the Eskimos, Bombers, or Stampeders did, you would be all over it. But they don't because they play by the rules question about this one yes is you capitalized because the way you said it it was kind of like you was capitalized no but it has an exclamation mark okay um is it a full word or just a letter it's a full <laughs> word we need the whole description here fraser whole description <laughs> it's um, fair um i'm gonna say that one is made up that one was not real well, I guess I have to disagree to try to get the point even though it feels made up <laughs> oh joel if only you were as good as pick em, that one is also real Look at this. Two two to one for Joel. Let's see. Here's another one. Maybe you should worry about your team sucking so bad and not worry about Bo Levi Mitchell. Your team is brutal. (laughs) That sounds like something a Ryder fan would say. That sounds like something the call-in show after the game. Like That sounds like word for word, something like that. That's something another fan would say, not a Ryder fan, so it's made up. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, that's a point for Croker. It was yes! actually said, I'm assuming, by a Ryder fan if they're posting uh, where they are. Also, by the way, all that was missing from Toker Ryder fan rant was questioning the quality of Darian Durant. Well, he's no good with an E, you know? <laughs> Can't trust that arm, you know? But when he runs around, oh boy, he can scramble. Oh, he can. 74 yards rushing uh, in the last one here. Hang on, I had one more pulled up. 
Uh, sorry, boys, I had it pulled up, and then I'm not Typical on my. John, not ready for anything. Jesus, it's because it's because I was it's because I was watching practice this week. With your back to it? No, I actually oh! watched. I actually watched <laughs> practice, both Huskies and Hilltops today. Hoburn. Oh, because the teams you actually cover. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's a team that yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know they do some work. they actually uh, they actually abide abide by the uh, the roster rules. As far as we know. Uh all right. Has no other team in the history of the league been fined before they pay the fine? All moves forward. Learn and rebuild. Seems like a lot of focus on the Riders for being a one and field team. People always watching the best. That's a fake. Yeah. Also, whoever wrote that, that is some awful grammar. Uh, his name is Doug, and it's real. Classic um, Doug. It's classic Doug. Uh, so what's the, what's the score right now? Uh, I think Joel's up 3-2. All right. Let's see. I need one that I feel like is like really All right. <clears throat> it's amazing that people, especially those who are fans of other teams are so mad. I remember when every team in the CFL, except the Riders in Winnipeg, thumbed their noses at the so-called salary cap in the late 80s and through the 90s. We had to prop up BC, Calgary, Hamilton, Toronto, and Ottawa because they were paying players money that they didn't have and couldn't get through gate receipts. So the riders were told, sorry, we can't give you any equalization because the other teams need your money. This is what's happening again. That almost sounds like Stephen Harper talking about Ontario and Quebec, how the Western provinces are just carrying the entire time. But uh, when it comes to football, um, I'm going to say I'm going to say that one is real Ryder fan and someone who has way too much time on their hands because that was like a novel. That was a novel. <laughs> That's a fake. Uh, Croker, it's now 3-3. Three, three. Boom. OK, I think we got one left here. Are you kidding me? Everyone does it. We are being made a spectacle because of it. Some fans spew such BS. It's incredible how stupid they sound. Stay home and cheer for someone else. The Argos need their fans to go cheer for them. I hate that argument, by the way. Well, everyone does it. Yeah, well, you can't just say, well, everyone does heroin, so it's totally okay to do it. It's like, no, you're still breaking the rules. Like, no, just because everyone does it doesn't mean you can't do it. Or uh, you can do it. Um, I'm going to say, you know what, Joel, you answer first here. I've been answering first the whole time being selfish. That's a fake. I'm going to go with real. And the winner is Clayton Croker. Hey. Come from behind victory. It wasn't actually said by a Ryder fan. I will say, though, <laughs> as a whole, I was kind of impressed with the amount of sane thoughts, at least where I've been looking. Uh, I, I mean, I think what we saw today, Joel, and maybe you can talk to this a little bit, because it was you that alerted it to me that your co coworker, Drew Edwards over at Three Down Nation, the guy in charge, basically... Peterson took a shot at Justin Dunk. I respect both of those guys tremendously, but Justin Dunk does kind of raise the ire of many CFL fans because he is a Sportsnet and CFL guy, and apparently that means he's not allowed to report uh, on the league. Uh, and then I thought Drew's piece really defended Justin very well, but what's maybe the dumbest argument you've seen ripping Drew in his piece today, Joel? Oh, they're they're just everywhere. It's the most part that they think that apparently Drew Edwards and everyone at Three Down Nation and other entities that aren't the rights holders of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are just out to get the team, and it's this whole big thing that we hate the Riders and uh, you know we just want to take them down and we want to run Chris Jones out of town, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When really, when you're the media, it comes down to you report positive things when there's positive things to report. Yep. The fact of the matter is, this team has won three games 
in the last season and a half, basically. So what exactly is the positive news for us to constantly harp on about? Yeah. There hasn't been a whole lot of it, really. Like, when I was working day-to-day covering the team occasionally, yeah, you try to find something positive, because, frankly, as a professional, you get sick of writing about negative stuff day in and day out for 18 straight weeks. But overall, yeah, it's going to have a negative tone because the team has played very poorly. It's won three games in the last season and a half, so... If the team suddenly starts to get on a roll, then yeah, then the tone will change, and there won't be as much negative news out there because, hey, they're winning, and there's positive things to talk about. Yeah, exactly. We wish we could all just talk about wins here in the province. I I feel your pain, my friend. Is there any chance, Joel, that they start turning this around? This year, I don't think so. I think they're they're still trying to figure out the Canadian depth. It's just not there. Oh, if you no. look at the depth chart last week, that was some of the most abysmal Canadian depth I've seen since the Joe Mack Blue Bombers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. Just, like, yeah, they were close. Like, they had Capricotti as backup, so they got a DI spot there now. All of a sudden, they're one injury on offense away from, like, Spencer Moore or Levi Steinhauer having to play tight end or receiver or something every down, and no offense to them. They're, they're good special teamers. They play a very strong role on the team. But they're not guys that you want out there playing every snap on no. offense. And that's where they were. This offensive line is so beat up, and there doesn't really seem to be any updates or signs on anyone important. You know, we've seen Chris Best or Ben Labatt coming back there anytime soon. And it's just the Canadian depth is a mess. And as you know, in this league, you're only as good as your Canadians, basically. And right now, it's I just don't see that fix. And barring some kind of major free agent signings that happen to work out next year, I don't know if in just one or two drafts you can turn around your Canadian talent that fast. Where do you think it went wrong for the Riders when it comes to their Canadian talent? Because it wasn't that long ago where the Riders were known as the team with the best Canadian talent, especially at receiver and on the offensive side of the ball. And then all of a sudden, just no one, no one left. I mean, I think it started right when they got Jade Etienne. When they made that trade with the Bombers, and they got Jade Etienne, and they were kind of hoping that he was going to be the guy. But then after that, it seemed like no Canadians, or good Canadians, were on the riders. What do you think was the problem there? I think, really, you can date it all the way back to the expansion draft. That The decisions that were made that day on who to protect and who not to protect kind of set where this franchise has gone Canadian-wise since. It's a foregone conclusion, pretty much, that Craig Butler was going to leave. Yep. But you had to try and influence, you had to try and protect Canadians elsewhere. Now, instead, they decided to protect guys like Dominic Picard, who got ended up getting released a year later anyway, and then instead of, and uh, Ricky Foley, instead of, say, some other players like Akeem Shulgin and his Zach Evans, who would look pretty good on this defensive line right now, especially Zach Evans, who's been having a great year with Ottawa, as he finally seems to found his foothold in this league, as he's been getting a little better every year. So, from that day when they lost two very key Canadians at a very key spot along the defensive line, which frankly, they haven't been able to replace since, it's kind of been all downhill from there because you lost Shulligan, you lost Evans, you lost Butler all in that one off season, and they haven't been able to replace any of them since, frankly. And it's just, it, just, it hasn't worked out for them since that day as they've tried to replace them with Americans, and they've gone from potentially nine Canadian starters to being able to barely scrape seven on the yeah. field right now. And and at times they haven't, and they've gotten fined for it. Uh, yeah. Joel, is is Chris Jones on the hot seat at all if this season continues being the unmitigated on-field and off-field disaster that it's been so far? I, I don't think so. I think it's it's way too early for that. I think a lot of people had some really high expectations because of how quickly he turned around Edmonton when he became the head coach there. But 
Edmonton was in a much better position than the Riders were. Then they had Mike Riley. They had a lot of pieces on offense. There was a fairly decent core there. It just wasn't being used properly. Here, the core got old. The, there's been no Canadian depth, and it was, it was frankly time to blow it up, basically, and start all over again. And that's that's what they're doing. So I think this might take, you know, up to maybe even three years before wow. you see the Riders back in serious mm. contending because. I don't see them being too much better next year. They might, they'll might they improve, you would hope, uh, after another year under Chris Jones. And once he has this whole GM and VP of football ops thing to figure it out a little better. And you have to remember that he's loading that position on the fly a little bit too. Here. Yeah. So I think this year there were some people with far too high of expectations. I never expected this team to make the playoffs. I didn't expect them to be this bad, but I didn't think they'd make the playoffs. So you would think next year maybe they win a few more games. After that, they win a few more games. And then you're probably talking about contender status after that. Wow. Um, This is something you and I text often about. And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit, Joel. Is Darian Durant back with the Riders next season? Or does he finish the season with the Riders? I think he'll finish the season with the Riders. I don't know if there's anywhere. I don't know if anyone's really going to pony up what you would need to trade for a Darian Durant at the deadline. Increasingly... I, if you asked me a year ago, I never would have believed that Darian Durant would ever, ever, ever leave the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yep. Now, I'm not so sure. And I don't necessarily think that it's Chris Jones that's going to want to run him out of town and get younger and save money and put that money into his defense and other positions, which is also entirely possible. But at the same time, I think if you look at the direction of this franchise right now and how long this is going to take at least two years to get back onto track to potentially win a great cup, you're talking about a 34-year-old Darian Durant who has been through, basically missed two seasons worth of games because of injuries. Yep. And he's 34, and he's probably going to want to go somewhere where he thinks he can win some football games now rather than later. And maybe it is time. You know, this is the era of sports of having one guy stay in one spot forever as much as they say they want to. And I'm sure Darian Durant would be happy in Saskatchewan for the rest of his career if the money and everything was right. But at the same time, I'm starting to come around to the idea that maybe it might be a mutual parting of the ways in the off season, and maybe it's time. Maybe they might go to change. Maybe Darian looks down the road and sees his buddies in Winnipeg and figures, hmm, maybe there's an opportunity for me there, depending on how the Bombers do this year. Or he looks over in Montreal, or he looks, you know, wherever Toronto. If Ricky Ray decides to retire, wherever the case may be, maybe there's another opportunity out for him there, so he can win a Grey Cup again in his final few years if the Riders aren't on the verge of becoming anything anytime soon. Interesting. Situations to watch, of course, Joel. Before we let you go, one last question. What are your feelings on hard root beer? Because I thought I grabbed beer, I grabbed hard root beer, and it is tasty in my face hole. It is. It's actually very delicious. We had some, uh, we have some in the house right now, actually. It's uh, it's, it's kind of weird. It seems like it became a thing out of nowhere. This yeah. Summer. It was just like, and all of a sudden there's commercials everywhere for hard root beer. I'm like, huh. It's actually pretty delicious, and the scary thing is if you get good ones, it doesn't really taste like alcohol at all, and that's, that can be a little dangerous sometimes. Well, the one Johnny's drinking right now is 5.9%, and I'm worried because, as we all know, Johnny's a giant lightweight, and I'm probably going to have to drive him home after one. Oh, snap! <laughs> oh, jeez. That's what happens when you have kids. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, your alcohol tolerance goes way down. Uh, Joel Gasson, 3 Down Nation, where can people get more of your always high-quality stuff, my friend? Uh, just uh, whenever it gets around to popping up, uh, thanks to our uh, great editors, Drew Edwards and Justin Dunk on uh, 3downnation.com. And 
through my uh, Twitter page at jgaffin underscore 21. All right, Joel. You've also, by the way, uh, officially reached the three times on Two and Out Club because we do credit that one time that we recorded everything and it got deleted. <laughs> so welcome to the club. It currently consists of you, Jamie Thomas, and Derek Taylor. Wow, that's pretty good company, I guess. <laughs> Joel, take care. Enjoy the rest of your night, bud. Yeah, you too. So there's Joel Gasson, three down nation to talk about the zaniness in Ryderville, which has really dominated the the conversation really across the CFL. We'll move on to a couple other news items before getting into our game recaps. One news item, of course, is Clarence Denmark coming back for your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, formerly my Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now I'm a neutral fan, as I should be hosting this podcast. Uh, Croker, Clarence Denmark, how, how pumped are you to see him back? And did you ever think it would be this good? I knew that it would be this good if he ever came back, but I thought that when they cut him and when they got Weston Dressler and Ryan Smith and when Darvin Adams started to play the way that he did, I thought that, yeah, Clarence Denmark, we're not going to miss him. And then yep. when he came back, it's just like, man, this is what we were missing with Clarence Denmark. I mean, the one thing that's really underrated with him is his route running. Yep. I know everyone focuses on speed and hands and crazy one-handed catches and all that stuff. If you look at the way Clarence Denmark runs routes crisp, like yep. Subway lettuce crisp. Like this guy has <laughs> where, just the which best Which Subway routes. are you going to? I've never had crisp lettuce at a Subway. You're not going to the right Subway, man. The Can't, one in Grasswood. The one right, right out there, yeah, right the outside by the hockey rink here in Saskatoon. Well, that's why it does so well. I've never been to that Subway. I might now have to try it. It's a good one. But Clarence Denmark, I mean, the, just the way he runs and out is way better than any other receiver that the Bombers have right now. If Ryan Smith and Weston Dressler were in the lineup, I mean, yeah. they run better routes. They run the best routes in the league. But Clarence Denmark, I mean, just one of the most underrouted, underrated route runners in all of the CFL. And that's why he gets so open, because he runs good routes. Can you say that three times fast? No, I won't. <laughs> Especially because I'm just getting over strep throats and my mouth is still a bit... Yeah, by, by the way, by the way, slow, slow clap it out. You're just getting over strep. Um, I saw you the other day at the Saskatoon Hilltops game. You were doing in-stand stuff. You're already a ginger so you're super pale but you were like disturbingly pale uh and you toughed it out uh you also made the mistake of wearing pants when it was 28 degrees out with the humidity you were a sweaty mess my friend yeah brandy bobandy sweaty that's that uh, was me it um, was it was not not good continuing with the news the ottawa red blacks announce henry burris will start friday trevor harris is questionable could mm. be on the bench um uh, i think this is Harris's team when he comes back. You look at Burris. He's been okay. Uh, the four touchdown to four interception ratio, not so great. But in terms of Henry Burris, uh, if you're building a DraftKings roster this week, Croker, are you starting Burris? Um, No. I'm not going to start Henry Burris. And I might be a little bit biased because I don't like him now after his big rant where it's like, oh, calls out the panel and stuff yeah. like that. Come on, man. I mean, you're a pro. Everyone knows that you're one of the best quarterbacks in CFL history. You didn't have to do that, man. But no, like Henry Burris, it's just he's so hit and miss. When I look for you know a fantasy football team, I look at consistency. Mm -hmm. Who are the players who are going to get me points on a consistent basis? And yes, Henry Burris will light it up and win you games in fantasy football sometimes. Yep. But other times, he's going to blow it for you, and he's going to play bad, and you're going to really, really dislike starting him. So that's where I'm coming at, because I always look for consistency when it comes to that, and I'm not going to start a very, very... Well, I mean, he's not inconsistent, No, but he is a bit older. He's not the same old Henry Burris. I mean, I know that last year, you know, he had the big year, but I'm still a little wary of him, especially at his age and just the way he's been playing lately. Well, and he's regressed to me a little bit compared to what he used to be when he had... Like, with Trevor Harris, the minute Harris shows up, it's almost like he, he forgets how to football a little bit, and they are playing a sneakily good... 
Montreal Alouettes defense. Speaking of the Montreal Alouettes, we were, are recording this on a Tuesday night, publishing Wednesday morning. By the time Wednesday night rolls around, the suspension appeal hearing for Deron Carter will be done. I personally don't think that he will even have to serve his one-game suspension. I think the league has cooled down from his bump into Ottawa head coach Rick Campbell. They've basically said, whatever, everybody was fired up. Here's the fine. Um, all is well. It's going to be interesting because, of course, this hearing, this appeal hearing is on a Wednesday. They play Friday night, so mm-hmm. that's going to be a quick turnaround. Maybe make sure you're aware of that if you're playing daily fantasy or long-season fantasy that Deron Carter has that suspension hearing tomorrow night. Uh, Croker, what do you think? Do you think he's going to be suspended for that one game for bumping in? I mean, it seems like so forever ago that he bumped into Rick Campbell, but... Here we are, suspension hearing in the middle of August. Can we figure out the CFL appeal policies here? Because that happened so long ago, <laughs> and now they're just getting into it? Like, yeah. how busy are the CFL executives right now? Like, they Well, they, they've been updating their website to actually have stats and proper player pictures, Ooh. so that's actually a thing. Yeah, I think uh, Deron Carter gets fine. I don't think he gets suspended. Yeah, I, I think, th- I think everybody fine. cooled down, yeah. right? Because when that happened, it blew up. I mean, Bleacher Report was all over it. You know those yeah. stories on the side of Bleacher Report? It was like the third one from the top. And all these other news websites were getting on it. And like, oh, CFL player runs into coach and stuff. Yeah. And all that is settled down now. And I think it's just going to be like, okay, here's a fine. Obviously, don't do that again. Yeah. And then they'll just go on from there. Because, again, I almost forgot that even happened until you brought it up. So, so did I. And uh, Then I went and watched the GIF 102 times. Especially when you put it to some funny music, it's even better. Uh, one last news item before we get into our game recaps, or the fantasy expose, as we like to call it here. CFL Hall of Fame game returning to Hamilton this year. The class of 2016 will be introduced and inducted into the hall during the Tiger Cats home game against Montreal September 16th at Tim Hortons Field. Local guy Don McDonald, a builder category, CFL greats Doug Brown, Rodney Harding, Daryl Mookie Mitchell, and James West as players. Uh, favorite Doug Brown memory? Uh, when he split his nose right there. I guess that was every single game, but I mean, like, yeah, when he was just bleeding on the field and you were just like, man, this guy, this guy wants to play football. That's the one thing I remember about Doug Brown. He was like a kid every single time he stepped on the football field. He was a monster, but he was just running out there as fast as he can every time the defense went on the field. And he was always so happy and joking around with the O-linemen and chirping and stuff. I mean, he's just the definition of a football player. I couldn't point out one example because it's just Doug Brown was the Bombers for like the better part of a decade he was the Bombers defense and I mean if it wasn't for him the Bombers wouldn't have had as much success well they had some success I guess in the 2000s but well, I mean three great cup appearances yeah if they All didn't losses have, yeah if they didn't have him those would not have happened no for sure and, and plus we got to give a tip to our cap too I mean he's making our job look easy as a color commentator with Bob Irving over on CJOB in Winnipeg mm-hmm. well Winnipeg game day broadcast I love listening to him some of the best in the entire CFL when you have uh, Bob and Doug working together no doot uh, boot it nice Hey, not bad, eh? I just I just realized it was Bob and Doug as that was coming out of my mouth. Um, remember when, when Doug Brown had retired from the Bombers in Calgary, was trying to woo him that one year they won the Grey Cup? Would you, because I know, 
I honestly thought about it. I'm like, if they sign Doug Brown, that is my team for the postseason because I want to see the guy get a great cup ring. Um, I would have cheered. Again, I would cheer for Doug Brown. I'm still cheering for Milt Stiegel to come out of retirement and join some kind of contender in the playoffs and win a great cup ring. It because was, that guy deserves it. It was either him or Clarence Denmark, I'm sure. Exactly. But uh, no, I, I mean, I would be in the same boat as you. I would have rooted for Doug Brown if he would have played for the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, if he would have played for the Riders... Maybe, Maybe different not, story, yeah. you know. But Calgary, I mean, I was born there. Went to a couple of Calgary Stampeder games back in the day. So yeah, why not? Go stamps for Doug <laughs> Brown. That's of course we're talking jumping into a time machine back to the 2013 mm. season or the 2012 season because he retired in 2011. I remember being at that Grey Cup just two days after the greatest Vanier Cup game in history. Mm-hmm. That's the news. We go now to take a look at last week's games with the Fantasy Expose. <laughs> Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. All right, first one of the week. This is what we're starting with. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes uh, fall to the Edmonton Eskimos 23-12. to A question for you, Croker. Were your games when you played in the Canadian Junior Football League sloppier than this? Yeah. That's Close, saying though. something. That, that was like, just... It was just a gross game in general. I mean, just look at the score. 23-12. to 12, That's just a really boring score right there. That's like a really one-sided lacrosse score. It's just It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, Edmonton scores 10 points in the fourth quarter to, to come out with it. Mike Riley throws for 300 yards. No touchdowns. Kevin Glenn, no touchdowns. Two interceptions. See, it's funny. I almost know when a crap game is happening mm-hmm. because on our social media accounts Facebook and Twitter we start getting people that say oh this is the official game of the 2 and out CFL podcast <laughs> i love it that never gets old to me it actually doesn't uh love it it was just ugly if you started any of these guys in fantasy or DraftKings, you're probably not smiling. Brandon Rutley, 12 of 43. Uh, Rushing-wise on Montreal, I'd be staying away from him. John White, 13 carries, 66 yards. Not too pretty bad, but still nothing great. And, of course, with no touchdown passes thrown, that means no touchdown passes caught. Darrell Walker, 132 yards. Darius Bowman, 107 yards. How good are those guys? Too good. Like, Almost, it's unfair that those two guys are on the same team. But did you expect the Eskimos to fall off after all those coaching changes as yes. much as they have been? I called it. Really? I call it right here. I actually have a bet going with Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast. I also said that the Riders would be in the top two in the division. I mean, that I got very wrong, but I I thought Edmonton was going to fall off. I've got them picked finishing in the basement of the CFL West Division. I just thought that they were so loaded that it didn't really matter who the coach was. I mean, obviously they can't have like a duck as the coach. (laughs) Like they need an actual human being as the coach. But a goose though. Goose are angry enough. You could have a goose for a coach any day of the week. Goose can lead men into battle. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. But, I mean, I mean, they still had Mike Riley, arguably the league's best quarterback. They have two of the best receivers in the league. They got yep. a not-bad O-line. They got some pretty good linebackers, not a bad secondary. But they're just playing. Like, their whole team was decimated from the year before. But, like, Mike Riley, though, to me, is the biggest head case among quarterbacks in the CFL. Have you ever watched him during a game? He just shreds his O-line mm-hmm. when something's not going his way. Yeah. I've never seen that at any level of football before. Really? Never. Really? Not on that not on that regular of a basis. Like we're talking, you see a guy gets a little fired up. We've all seen the clips of Tom Brady during the playoffs. Rah, 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 rah. I was going to say you should watch a San Diego Chargers game because Philip Rivers lights into his offensive lineman. Lights into That's him. Same fair. with Jay Cutler. I forget what the tackle's name was, but he ripped into his right tackle one time. Like national TV, it was a Monday night football game, and just 
ripped into him. I'm sad I don't remember his name right now, but man, like some quarterbacks, and again, sometimes O-linemen need that, though, because sometimes O-linemen get content. They're like, okay, you know, yeah. B-step, C-gap, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes O-linemen need a little bit of a kick in the butts, and the leader of the offense has to do that. So. Oh, man, you are going to get it. We got a lot of big guys that follow this podcast in the CFL. There's going to be a mob waiting for you outside. I can already see Peter Dykowski getting mad at you, Dan Clark, and the rest of our O-linemen followers. So remember, that is Clayton Croker. Lives in Saskatoon, works at 92.9 The Bull. I also work in the same building, so come beat him up and uh, I can watch. You forgot one thing. What's that? Canadian Junior Football League record holder. That's right. I'm sorry. That's your official title. Uh, a game that I'm sure had you with all sorts of feelings in your fun parts. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win a third straight for the first time. Oh, what was I doing back a couple of years ago? Well, it's been a long time because... Drinking? Probably, yeah. That's why I can't remember what I was doing a couple years ago. By the way, uh, hard root beer. Let's take a sip. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a sipping sound in the middle of a podcast. Yep. Winnipeg wins three in a row, 34-17 over the Toronto Argonauts. Matt Nichols continues to be the savior that the Bombers have been looking for since Kahari Jones retired or left. 246 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Meanwhile, that bomber defense is Swaggerville back, Croker. Logan Kilgore, five interceptions. I got a stat from Brazilian Ty. You'll hear from him at the end of our fantasy expose with getting waxed. Brazilian Ty told me there was a turnover every third series by the Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense. Wow. I mean, they look great. I mean, I remember watching Khalil Bass last year. And thinking, if this guy doesn't go to the NFL and he sticks with the Bombers this year, yep. our defense is going to be scary. He's not having the big stats here that nope. he was last year, but he's being more of the leader on that defense. Well, and as well, they got Ian Wild back from the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Taylor Loeffler at safety? Oh. What a steal! If that isn't proof that the CIS isn't some of the best football in the nation... Mm-hmm. I don't know what more you need. The guy wins a Vanier Cup, gets drafted, steps in. He's instantly huge for the Blue Bombers. Really big part of turning that defense around as well. He's been a ratio buster. Um, like we, we already talked about Clarence Denmark. 195 yards, two touchdowns. Had him in all my DraftKings lineup. Nice. I won seven bucks last week. Nice. I don't have enough money to play for big money, so I play for small money. Andrew- that's four junior chickens, man. That's better than money. Oh, that's uh-huh. right. <laughs> Guess where I'm stopping on my way home. <laughs> At the McDonald's benches in the Hilltop Clubhouse. Um, Andrew Harris, 19-123 with a touchdown as well. Is it just me? Or do you think the Bombers have finally got it figured out, Croker? Like Andrew Harris said after week three, we're a good football team. We just need to figure it out. And I remember playing against Andrew Harris back in the day. My first year in Chilliwack was his last year in Vancouver Island. Yep. The guy hasn't lost a single step. No. Like, it's freaky how just good he has been. I mean, he's had some injuries here and there in his career in BC, but for the most part, he stayed pretty healthy, and he's just stayed at that top-tier level. And he's been the guy for the Bombers. He's been the reason, I think, for this turnaround, because when they went out and got him, it was Winnipeg saying, hey, we're not going to be the jokes anymore. We're going to get some big guys. We're going to make some noise. And yes, after the slow start, everyone was kind of doubting that, but now Andrew Harris is kind of the leader of that team, and I'm just loving it. I gave up on the Bombers and gave away all my stuff after the loss, uh, the loss before the Calgary loss. Do you finally have hope? 
I do. I've always had hope. Yeah, Every you... single season, I always have hope in the Bombers until about halfway, and then I assess it, and I'm like, okay, another lost year. Let's after... see some third stringers. Woo! After we lose back-to-back games to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, yeah. who... If that happens this year, I think there might be a lot of Bomber fans jumping off the bandwagon as the Riders, as we've discussed at length, have been horror awful Taking a look, Darian Durant, 267 yards passing, no touchdowns. Still hasn't thrown an interception this year in a 19-10 loss to the Calgary Stampeders. Bo Levi-Mitchell's touchdown toss streak is over. 298 yards and an interception. I had him in fantasy. Wasn't a good play for me. Probably could have turned that into eight McChickens <laughs> if I would have played him. Also had Mark- Junior Chickens. McChickens is getting a little pricey now, buddy. That's You're going to have fair. to win a lot more money. Uh, okay? I know. I know. Markway McDaniel, uh, he's becoming almost a start every week for the Calgary Stampeders. Eight for 110. Uh, rider defense played okay. Um, how badly did you want to go hug Quinn Van Gilswick at the end of that game? His CFL debut... Misses two field goals that probably would have made that game a lot closer. Again, a good player from the BCFC. I mean, they always pump out a bunch of good players, too. That's why I was throwing it to you. But, I mean, that's tough. Missing your first field goal is always tough if you're a kicker. I mean, you want to have a good first impression, especially in Ryder Nation. And missing that first one, that could derail any kicker's career. Just ask Chris Bodner. Remember Chris Bodner yep. when yeah, he do. botched the onside kick there mm-hmm. and kicked it out of bounds? That guy never played again. He got cut immediately. Yep. And then for Quinn Van Gilswick to come out and hit a 50-yarder. The ball's on that guy, man. That guy's got some grapes. I mean, it was a tough break that he missed the, the one after You'd hear that. clang, I mean, clang, clang on his follow-through, exactly, right? Exactly. But, uh, I mean, he's a good kicker. He's got a great leg. But the one thing about that Ryder game, Rob Begg doesn't fumble that one huge catch yeah. that he had. That's a whole different ball game because you could just sense the momentum yep. going towards the riders. Rob Bag has that huge run. He's going, he's going. Fumble, boom. Whole place was deflated. Durant. And I mean, Rob Bag had a great game. Durant Rob had a fumble Begg, as well, too. Yeah, Rob Bag had a great game. He had a lot of catches, a lot of yards. But that one play, oh, that killed him. Just killed him. The Bag fumble and the Durant fumble, when the team was looking pretty good to me, is basically what the riders are this year. Just, and it's awesome. It's <laughs> for you, yeah. For the league, <laughs> probably not so much. And anybody trying to sell season tickets to that brand new $300 million stadium down south, ooh, boy, that's not the team you want to go in with. Um, of course, it still worked out for Winnipeg, but now people don't show up because you have to, you're literally trapped there during a game. But yeah. again, talked about that at length. We're going to talk about the last game of the week, which to me was the game of the week. Good God, good God almighty, it was the music of Zach Caleros. He returns. I said he'd be good last week and better this week, so I'm rolling with him in fantasy on, on DraftKings because he was 331, two touchdowns, and an interception last week, which was pretty good, even in a losing effort. BC, Jonathan Jennings, 306, three touchdowns, and a pick. BC has completely proved me wrong this year, Croker. Did you think they'd be any good? First of all, BC's uniforms, first time I saw them, grossest things I've ever seen in my what? entire life. Now I love them. I know, now that I'm right? used to seeing them. They're the best jerseys that in the CFL. That old school orange? Oh, the creamsicle, like the Tampa Bay Bucks back in the day. I like, love, and it makes me think of creamsicles, and I love creamsicles. Dirty. Sex. Sex. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I'm not saying I like their own jerseys because I'm super ginger. Like, I look like, uh, I look like Yukon Cornelius from the old Rudolph the Rain, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movies. You know, the crazy prospector guy? You are gold. You look like Travis Lule a little, too. Yeah, that, too. If Travis Lule grew a beard, that is you. He does have a beard. 
but it's not as nice as yours. What a Grizzly Adams moment we just had there. Uh, hey, if Travis Lule <laughs> had a beard, beard. Travis Lule does have a beard. And you know what? I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to let it roll and make myself sound like a jackass. Whatever. Oh. The CFL website probably had the wrong picture for the guy in their photos anyways. It doesn't matter what he does because Jonathan Jennings, to me, best quarterback in the CFL. Guy's wow. Bold statement. Guy's a beast. I mean, I, everyone knows about my love affair for Rakeem Cato. Yeah, Remember the first time I guest hosted? I called Rakeem Cato. You did, and he played well for one game. Hey, I didn't say it was going to be forever. You know what? You won won some people some fantasy matchups that week. Oh, yeah. But uh, Jonathan Jennings, I mean, again, consistency is the name of the game. And his first year, you know, a little bit wild, a little bit inconsistent. He's learning the game. He looks so polished. His footwork, his scrambling, his, his release point, he just looks so crisp. Again, yep. Subway Lettuce right there, Jonathan Jennings. <laughs> Clayton Croker Subway Lettuce Award. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, to me, his best game of the year, scores twice on 62 yards. Don't draft a Hamilton running back. They all seem to suck, and they don't yep. get the ball. C.J. Gable, just 15 yards. Chad Owens, again, his resurgence year continues, 95 yards, four catches. Luke Tasker, Terrence Tolliver with the touchdowns. And speaking of resurgent seasons, Manny Arsenault. 105 yards receiving, five touchdowns. The Manny Show is back. That's your fantasy expose. We get in next to our picks, but the theme music doesn't work because Croker's not that fat. I'll just make up my own. Boop, doop, boop, boo. CFL picks to an L podcast. All right. You know what? I'm not even going to play the, uh, the the game show music. <laughs> It is CFL Picks. Of course, you can join our Pick'em League, pick'em.cfl.ca. That's where you can see how bad I am. And Croker, as you know, as a occasional co-host and listener to the podcast, uh, we pick out a band from each city that you pick and play a little snippet of their music whenever we pick said team. So if you have any bands you want me to throw in as well, uh, you just let me know. We're going to start with the first game of the week, Friday Night Football. It's two doubleheaders this weekend meaning lots of time on the couch, starting with the Montreal Alouettes visiting the Ottawa All-Caps. Who you got, Croker? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm, I'm taking Montreal. I think Kevin Glenn, with his veteran leadership, I think he's just sick of losing, and I think he's sick of all the inconsistent play from the Alouettes. And again, Red Blacks have looked pretty good this year, but I just don't think Henry Burris is going to play that well, and I think Montreal might surprise people and might turn around their season after this game. This could be a big win for them. Interesting. Calling for Montreal to actually be good. Is there a band from Montreal you can think of? Um, no. Jay Baruchel. We can have some Popular Mechanics for Kids theme song or something like that. All right. We're going to play the Popular Mechanics for Kids theme song because Croker has picked the Montreal Alouettes. Just because of that theme music, I think I almost have to pick the Montreal Alouettes as well. <laughs> um, just because we had an obscure reference. I think this is the week that the, any potential quarterback controversies in Ottawa are put to bed. I don't see Henry Burris having a strong week. I think he's been he's nowhere near as good as he was last year. Trevor Harris looks close to returning. I think Henry has an off game, and we see Trevor Harris back and for the rest of the season. Doubleheader Friday Night Football, otherwise known as the game you finish watching before you go to the bar. Calgary visiting the BC Lions. Who do you got, Croker? BC. Jonathan Jennings, he's hot. You already said, call him the best quarterback in the CFL. the best quarterback in the CFL, in my opinion. The BC Lions are just an all-around good football team. There's not too many elements of their game that is iffy. I mean, you could look at any team in the CFL right now and be like, eh. 
okay, this part of their O-line is bad or their receivers are bad. I mean, BC is just good all the way around. And I think, I mean, they're just going to pull it out. It's going to be a great game. Calgary is a great squad, too. I mean, nothing against Calgary. But I just, I think BC is going to get on a roll, and I think they're going to be the favorites in the second half of the year. And in terms of bang for your buck, Jonathan Jennings, just $9,500 on Mm. DraftKings this week. Like I mentioned, I am rolling with Zach Caleros myself. Uh, I I think it's going to be another shootout between the two teams. Remember a couple weeks ago where Calgary had that crazy come-from-behind win? I'm with you. I think BC wants some vengeance. Uh, So what what band from BC do you want? Chilliwack. Go Huskers! What? No! How did I know that was coming? Chilliwack! Chili, chili, whack, whack. We used to go to the old Chilliwack Bruins games, like they when they yep. had their WHL team, and we would do the chant, chili, chili, whack, whack. And it was just That's the whole, actually... whole Chilliwack Husker football team, all 11 of us, just <laughs> wasted, just rooting for the Chilliwack, or Chilliwack, uh, what are they called, the Bruins, they're not there anymore. I- I'm not going to lie, chili, chili, whack, whack, chili, might be one chili, of the grace, whack, greatest whack. F- city-specific chants I've ever heard. Way better than, remember, AO Canada Go? Oh man, Pepsi, what were you thinking? Clearly they weren't. Uh, <laughs> moving to Saturday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Start yourself with some day drinking with some more delicious um, root beer. It's, it's, pass me, actually, I'll have a beer this time. Okay. You can have the last delicious um, hard root beer here. Okay. As... I'm kind of sad you didn't bring Colt 45, but whatever. <laughs> and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. Drugs right. are bad. <laughs> Hugs, not drugs. Come on. Well, it's a family podcast. Eh, kind yeah. of. We don't say any bad words, and if we do, we have an elk that sounds like it's trying to mate. Um, our, <laughs> our day drinking, it's the angry elk, man. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos visiting the Toronto Argo Knots. What do you got, Croker? Um, I think if Toronto starts that Fajardo guy that they have, I think they got a shot. He, sound, like he sounds like a Brazilian soccer star who should have one name. I like him. I mean, have you seen his college stats? He's one of the only college quarterbacks that throw for like... He just continue. Well, now I can't focus. <laughs> continue going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had 9,000 passing yards in college and 3,000 yards rushing. Fajardo. Fajardo. Or maybe it's a soft J. Fajardo. Either way, it sounds like somebody you'd see on Tele Latino at about 1 o'clock in the morning when you know why yeah. you're watching Tele Latino. <laughs> it just, yeah, Edmonton, they don't look as, again, sorry for saying this word again, as crisp as they did last year. But Fajardo. <laughs> just... I just think, I don't know, Toronto, they didn't look too bad against the Bombers. I mean, yes, Gale did throw five picks. But their defense didn't look terrible, and their offense at times did move the ball. I think if they make that change of quarterback, I think that they could uh, get some momentum here and win that game. Fajardo. You called an obscure quarterback to make a start and win last year when you did this with Rakeem Cato. Fajardo's fun to say. Let's roll with it. I'm going to overrule you. Always, whenever we pick the Toronto Argonauts, my buddy Scott... Black Steve, they call him. He plays bass in the Toronto bass band, The Poor Young Things. We're going to spin some of them. And then finally... 
to cap off your day of day drinking, Saturday, August the 20th. And by the way, if while you're watching this football game, you aren't you don't have the Tragically Hips last concert ever in the background. You need to hand in your Canadian card and mm-hmm. move down and become a Donald Trump aide. Yeah. Um, the the Saskatchewan Rough Riders visiting the Hamilton Tiger Dash Cats. Who do you got? Well, I want to take the Riders so we can hear some Wide Mouth Mason. Oh, I like it. I like it. But I'm not taking the Riders. Um, okay, just hang on. We'll still play some Wide Mouth Mason. Ooh. I always forget. They're like one of those obscure Canadian bands. You always forget how good they are. That's one of the things. They're just like, oh, yeah, Wide Mouth Mason. Right? Oh, I've yeah. Ne- that's, that's a good jam. So Wide Mouth Mason uh, for the Riders. But we're just playing it because I don't think we might play We I don't think we'll be playing a Rider Victory song for a very, very long time. No. So that means we are both picking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think Zach Kolaris is going to go bananas. He is my DraftKings starting quarterback, and I'm hoping he can turn that into at least a McDouble this weekend. Nice. Well, McDoubles are actually the same price as Junior Chickens. i got to stop going to McDonald's. Jeez, I, I know the menu off my What parts. about a McDouble with bacon? That's more expensive, isn't it? I wouldn't eat the bacon at McDonald's. It's cardboard, man. Yeah, it's not good. It's like literally just hard as rock. I know. What if you went to Wendy's, asked them for just a few strips of bacon, went and got a McDouble, put it on? I could afford that if they win. Mad scientist over here. That's right. There's only one (laughs) pick when it comes to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which band to play. That is one of my favorites and a follower of the podcast, the Arkells. That brings it to a close. Thanks a lot, Croker, for letting us... Well, realistically, we went into the office that we both work at, and we just kind of hung out and talked into these phallic-looking things for a while. Yeah, I literally, you literally came in after my radio show, and you're like, hey, let's do a podcast. And I was like, absolutely. Well, first you were like, what's in the bag, man? And I'm like, beer? And you're like, okay. I made it a lot easier. Well, after our talk that we just had, maybe there was illegal drugs in there, because apparently that's what you're all about now. Apparently. I'm yeah, sorry. I've ruined, I've ruined... Well, we are traveling to BC together later this year. Ooh. Ooh. I can't, I can't wait for that trip, by the way, to talk about the Okanagan Sun and the Saskatoon Hilltops, because like those are the two premier Canadian Junior Football League franchises. That's right. And you're going to go to Kelowna and see for the first time, the Okanagan Sun are so eerily similar to the Saskatoon Hilltops. I know. It's it... crazy. To their stadium, too. It's like a bowl. It's nuts. Really? Oh, yeah. They call it the Apple Bowl. Huh. Oh, yeah. it's You're going to love it there, man. We're going to have a good time. We are going to have a good time. Croker, if people enjoyed listening to your voice on this podcast, where can they get more of you? Uh, 92 on the Bull. I, that's where I work. I still can't believe I have a job here. But, uh, I know. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, no, standards um... are nice. We both have jobs. <laughs> How low are the standards here? We both are employed by the same company. Pretty low. Pretty low. I mean, I do play-by-play on our on our station, and you just make the funny. Yep. Uh, no, two to seven every afternoon, and I, I joke about it, but no, yeah, it's not that bad. We play some great country music at 92.9 The Bull, so uh, tune in online, 929thebullrocks.com, uh, on Twitter, at CrokerFM, and uh, that's about it. I'm on episode four of the Two and Out podcast, I think. I think it was on the fourth episode. Ever. I think it was something like that. Something like that. So if you want to go listen, I'm on that one, too. There you go. Or also doing some stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. That's starting up here soon. September. Laugh Shop. If you're ever in Saskatoon, uh, the Laugh Shop at Ramada. Uh, every single Friday night, great comedians. I'm not one of them. I'm just one of the, you know, 
MC kind of guys. You're the but, fluffer. Uh, I'm the fluffer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. But uh, no, it's a good time. So if you're ever in the Saskatoon area, again, the last shop, awesome time. Great room. Great comedians. And a lot of dick jokes from me, basically. And a lot of sexual references. Travis will be back next week. We will talk to you guys then. See ya.